0: Today I want to talk about Jesus' purpose revealed. I think there's a lot of saints in Christianity that really don't know about Jesus. They know about salvation. They came to Jesus. They gave their heart to Him. But to have an understanding of the life of Christ and what He did before He was crucified... And how God wanted us to be affected by that, you know, in our own life. Because Christ lives in us. So the things that he did is in us. And I think the church at large is just a Sunday church. Or perhaps a church that has it on Wednesday night and maybe Tuesday night, you know, things like that. They have tradition. But we need more than tradition today because we need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to make a difference in our life and in the lives of people that we're around. And we need to see the opportunity that God gives us every day that we miss. Every day God gives us opportunities to share his power, his glory, the revelation of who he is, and many days we miss it. So I'm talking about that today. I want to encourage you in this season, in these 40 days, now it's less than 40 days, but in these 40 days to read the Gospels, to, and especially the book of Luke. Just go into it. He's, he's a, he was a doctor. He is more formidable. He says more things. He says what they say, but often he adds to it. And I want to encourage you to go there and to read that, you know, maybe read a chapter a day and just muse on that chapter and look at the side notes and see all that was uh, um, contained in Jesus' visit with whoever he visited with. We need, Christians need to know more of Jesus, more of his life. People wonder, well, who is Jesus? Well, yeah, we know he died on the cross. The world says this. There's a few things that the world knows in the Word of God. It's just something that is planted in them. See, people don't understand that the breath of God is what created us. So everyone, whether they serve God or not, they have the breath of God in them. And something is turning in them when they do wrong. Something convicts them. Something drives them to more drink or to more sin because they, they miss something in their life. Because there's a presence and a breath of God In us, And I want to say to the church today that we need to get more life out of that breath than what we have and to understand that when Jesus said it is written, I mean, it was written. And so I want to talk about Jesus purpose revealed. I think that if we could be refreshed in his purpose of why he came, everybody knows he came to die and to save us. But there's so much more that he came for. That can be added to our salvation. And so we're going to look at the scripture today. The the Bible says that Jesus returned in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit from all of his testings. And church, that right there is a powerful thought. We go through testings, don't we? We go through trial and tribulation, sickness. We go through all sorts of things. Harassment from family, from people who don't know God. We just have, we have difficulties at all times. But the problem of it is, is that we need to remember that it's written that we can come forth from that tribulation, that harassment, that sickness, whatever it is that the enemy wages against us, we can come forth from it filled with the Holy Ghost. We can come forth triumphant. Jesus suffered and bled and died, and then he got off the cross, out of the grave, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and he lives in us. What is he doing in you? What is happening in you because the Savior lives in you? So that's what the service is about this morning. Jesus comes forth triumphant. We need to quit thinking that everything is lost when we go through heartaches and trials and start thinking that we're coming forth in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that God is going to get glory out of it. I'm going to have a great uh, thing to tell you somewhere in the sermon today if I don't forget. I have a question that people ask all the time. They ask, why this? Why sickness? Why death? Why all of these troubles and struggles? And the the word is found in this message today. Jesus came forth uh, hungry. Isn't this interesting? After the 40 days, it says, Jesus hungered. Why would it say that? Because God wanted us to see his earthliness. God wanted him to see the flesh that he was going to live in. So Jesus was just like us. Even though he was the powerful Son of God, he was still like us. He was hungry when he was hungry. And he was uh, sorrowful when he was sorrowful. And he walked through the trials and the tribulations. And I want to say this to you today because I think I mentioned it last week in, in that after he was hungry... That's when the devil took him for the last three temptations about to eat the bread. And and then he wanted him to cast himself off of the uh, temple. And then he quoted scripture to him. But the thing that I want us to see there that it says after they to- the devil tormented him for 40 days. Mm-hmm. See, it was not just those three times after he hungered, but it was all those 40 days while he was fasting The enemy was tempting him with everything that the devil tempts us with. Bible says he was tempted in all ways, like, you know, like us. So during that 40 days, he was being tempted in all these ways that the enemy tempts us. And then the final stages was the bread, you know. Don't we, aren't we concerned about gas and aren't we concerned about monies? And they've been saying, you know, the the Grocery shelves are empty. You go there and you find that. You know, those things, that the appetites of humanity is what the enemy is working on today. Not only that, but many other things. So I want us to see from the walking to Calvary with Jesus, the things that he went through, the things that he suffered, and the same things that you go through and I go through, and we're going to be victorious because he lives in us. So... He came forth hungry, which to show you that he has fleshly desires. Whatever desires that you have fought against in your life in some way, Jesus has been tempted in those ways. And that's powerful to know. The Romans eight thirty seven. everybody knows this. In all things, we are what? More than conquerors through him that loved us. In all these things, everything... There's nothing too big for God. Whatever it is that we're tried and tempted in, all these things, we are not just conquer. We are, what, more than conquerors. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to rise to the occasion and recognize that we are more than conquerors. We will uh, come forth triumphant, and Jesus' life is revealed in us. That's where we are today. His purpose to come to earth was to be revealed in us ultimately that we might manifest the glory of God in us so that others can come to him through that. So we have a tendency sometimes to quote spiritual things like we are more than conquerors. You know, we might say that in an instance and say, well, I'm okay, I'm more than a conqueror. But we it didn't come from the depth of our heart. It didn't come from the belief in our soul that we are more than a conqueror. And so we need to recognize that God wants to be magnified in us. So let us ask ourselves a question today. I asked myself the question as I prepared this message, I said, Lord, You know, how how am I manifesting you? Am I manifesting you? To what level? Everybody wants to know from 1 to 10. You know, so where am I in the 1 to 10 in manifesting Christ in my life? Do I whine more than I praise? You know, do, do I criticize more than I give glory? And so these are the things that God wants to talk to us about in this period of time as Jesus is headed toward the suffering of his life. Today we follow Jesus to the synagogue. He comes forth in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And where does he go? It's the Sabbath. He must have come forth on the Sabbath. So he went to the synagogue, which is, the Bible said, which was his pattern to do. And he was went in his own city where they knew him as Joseph's son. And he went there, and this will be his first sermon. Who knows what his first sermon is? His first sermon is, it's more than a sermon. It revealed his purpose on earth. Now, he stood up in the synagogue, and when you stood up in the synagogue, then you were saying you wanted to read from the Torah. So the Bible says that he stood up in the synagogue, and they brought him the Torah. And guess what they brought him? Now, the the Torah, I don't understand all this. And if there's any Hebrew people here, just correct me. But the Torah is in different increments. It's not like our book has got the whole thing. But they have Isaiah, Jeremiah. They have all the Old Testament books. And so they brought to Jesus Isaiah. Now, this is so interesting, church. They brought to him this book. And Jesus opened it. And he found the scriptures of Isaiah 61. And Isaiah 61 is where he began to read. And this is so interesting. God is so, sometimes he's humorous. Because, you know, he, he orchestrated the whole thing. Jesus just walked in. They really didn't know him. They only knew him as Joseph's son. That's what they called him in the Bible. Joseph and Mary's son. And he was, you know, not, not important to them. They didn't know. But when he stood up, they gave him the book of Isaiah. And Jesus turned to Isaiah 61. And you should turn there because you should see this. This is Old Testament. This is prophecy of Old Testament eons of time in the past. And it says, and he began to read, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me. And this is the revelation of why Jesus was sent to earth to die for us. And here it is. It says, he, he anointed me to preach good tidings. He anointed me to, uh, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And and he also read the portion which was to his beloved Israel. It comes next. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. He knew what his chosen was going to happen to them. And he sent forth comfort to them right before any of that happened. And he said, I want to give liberty, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. You know, in all this, he thought about us and redemption. And he thought about the comfort that Israel, his chosen, would need in order to follow him. And all these things are happening. You know, Israel is full of heaviness. And yet they are the planting of the Lord. They are the place of trees of righteousness. And all this, and this, don't miss this past, last portion. It says, all this, all the up above, the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to preach all that, to comfort his people, and all this is that the Father might be glorified. Hallelujah. So we ask ourselves today, how are we glorifying the Father? We have to realize that eyes, all the eyes was upon Jesus. They were all looking at him. What? What is, this? what is all this? They sense something. They feel something. The breath of God is in them. Something is churning in them. And the Bible says that all of their eyes is upon Jesus and, they, and, and the fame of him. They talked about him forever. Every, they went out from the house and they talked about him. And he did all that that his father might be glorified. So where is the father being glorified in Christianity today? You know, God wants to be glorified. When he's glorified, then the revelation of his son and salvation is revealed to humanity. And all of this is upon us, church. Jesus paid the price, took his cross, and he asked us to follow him. So if we're going to follow him, we have to follow him in all these things that you read in the Gospels. How he treated people, how he worked with people, how he loved people, how he forgave people. How even when they were trying to kill him, he was still preaching to them the good news of his father, that his father was glorified. So this is our quest, church, in this season. And it's always our quest. But in this season, we're reminded of the quest that Jesus did. And all the time was on his mind Calvary. He knew he had a destination. He knew that destination was crucifixion. He didn't know what crucifixion was because he'd never been crucified. He had never been mocked and scoffed and made fun of. He had never been persecuted. And the, and the very people that he came to save was, was undermining him and speaking against him. He didn't know what all that was. He came from the realm of heaven, robed in the robes of righteousness. He only knew good. And now he had to face Bad And B, take on the bad for our salvation. So this sermon is where Jesus purposed, you know, his purpose is revealed. His purpose was not just to be a good person and heal the sick. The church of Christ has got lost up in salvation. They've got lost up in what God can do for them instead of what they must do to glorify God. And so we need to think about that today in this season as we walk with Christ. If you read the Gospels in this season, it will show you what God requires of us in this day. So, interesting, the purpose of Christ is revealed. We need to be able to say people mock Christ, people take his name in vain. We need to stop them and say, do you understand the purpose of why Christ is in the earth? Mm -hmm. And then you can know the purpose because all through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is a purpose of why Jesus is walking in the flesh. And they need the world needs to know that, that he suffered and bled like them, that he had difficulties like them, and he overcame them by coming to Christ and by having a word of testimony in their life. So now we see Jesus' first sermon. It is revealing his purpose, the purpose why he came. And I think that a Christian thinks, well, I know the purpose. He came to save me. There's so much more in the purpose of Christ being revealed. And, and yet salvation is the apex. But there's so much more that he requires of us to of him to be revealed in us that others might see the glory of God in us. So it's interesting that the purpose of Christ is revealed way back in the prophets in Isaiah. They didn't have any idea what he was talking about. But you know, he has come. He has revealed himself. And today we have it in the New Testament, the same story that Jesus came to be a, a Savior to the world. And and I'm thankful that we live in this day. I'm thankful that we're just not reading in Isaiah what, what this man is going to do, what the purpose of God is going to do. When Jesus put the put the book back gave the back the book back to the minister Jesus last words was this day this scripture has been revealed did they did they hear that did they understand that the very last scripture that he said this day this scripture is revealed it right now it was revealed in him they gave him the the, the scripture to read And he revealed himself and the purpose of who he was. And I believe that the church of Jesus Christ at large today does not really comprehend the fullness of who Jesus is. They know he suffered. They died. They know Judas betrayed him. The whole world knows that Judas betrayed him. They all know that. But they have no understanding of all that Jesus did on the way to Calvary and how he revealed himself that crucifixion would come. That is important, church, because he lives in us and we're walking away of Calvary in our life. That's why we have persecution, trial, tribulation, sickness and all those things, because we're walking away to redemption, to eternal life. Eternal life is not here yet. It's been revealed in Christ. And when we stand before him, the revelation of eternal life will become real to us. So the purpose of Jesus was to reveal the goodness of who he was. You know, we can't just walk through life being mean and hateful and unkind and doing our own thing and having our own language, which is not his language, and doing all those things and then calling ourselves a Christian. We have to rise above the things of this world. And we can only do it one step at a time. We can only do it, you know, grace by grace by grace. We cannot do it all at once. You know, it, it is something that is ingrained in us as we walk the path to Calvary. So he was anointed to heal. He was anointed to set free. And Christianity has thought, he's Jesus. He healed the sick. I want him to heal me. But you see, this is our journey to Calvary. This is our journey of testing. This is our journey of trying. This is our journey of revealing and glorifying God in us. This is our day of showing who we are as a Christian. How powerful is our Christianity? How much do we manifest Christ? How much do they see the glory of God in us? And the world, our city, our country is going to be tested more and more and more that he can be revealed greater and greater and greater. That's the purpose. The purpose is that he is revealed in us as we make our journey to eternal life. He was anointed to heal spiritually. He was anointed to heal the soul of mankind, the spirit. To heal the body is one thing, and he will do that. He's the great physician, but more important is to heal the soul of mankind, to turn us from the things of this world to the power and the glory of who he is until he is manifested in us. Now, when they get mad at you at the water uh, jug at the office, and they get mad at you because you uh, uh, portray Christ, then you're, you're doing what God has called you to do. And when you're persecuted for saying that you're a Christian, And when you're persecuted for going against the grain, I mean, like Phyllis and being a nurse. And they say, you know, you have to help with abortions. You know, you have to stand up for God in a specific place and show who you are and manifest the glory of God. And if you haven't had that opportunity, you haven't noted it because you will have that opportunity to stand up for God. Because if you don't have that opportunity, you know, your salvation is pretty weak. We have to be tested. That's part of the journey to Calvary, to the suffering of the cross, to eternal life. So at Acts 10.38, it says, God was anointed of Jesus of Nazareth in his hometown where he was persecuted and mocked and famed and wanted to kill him eventually. The Bible says that he was anointed of Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good, healing all what? The oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the healing process, it's, all, it's for the body, but it's so much more for the oppression of the enemy and the harassment of the enemy. And that's what we see in Jesus' temptation. It was all about the harassment of the devil. And saints are being harassed today. So look at this passage of Scripture quickly this morning. Verse 18 he he came to preach deliverance, you know deliverance to the captives, deliverance to the people that are captivated in sin and have habits and cannot turn their life around. He came to those that are captivated when you were in sin, if you were in sin, some of you maybe were, we just grew up as a Christian and, and as a child in a Christian family, but most of us have had a sin type in our life, and that captivated us that captivated the power of God in us and would not allow the power of God to work as powerful as it can work when we're captivated by things that cause distraction like sin. So he came to deliver the captives, Mark 14, 4, 16. It says, the people which set in darkness. Did you ever set in darkness? Yeah. The people who set in darkness have seen a great light. That's what Jesus came for, to set the captives free. If there is ever a day that there's darkness is prevailing, it's this day, corruption on every hand, the violation that they want to do to children, the the darkness is at high level today. And let us know that. That is not a negative thought. That is that we are given more power to fight the darkness. And we all have new little babies in our family, you know, and we gotta plead the blood of Jesus over them. And as soon as they start to talk, we gotta teach them the, the, the blood of the lamb and uh, who Jesus is and until you know, they can learn that just like they can learn the bad things from us. If we will, if we will do that. So this is the, it says the people that sat in darkness saw a great light. And and the light sprang up. And if salvation has come to you, darkness is left and the light has sprung up. But how bright is our light? That is the question that we're asking today. The second thing he came to, to preach recovering of the sight to the blind. Now, Jesus was preaching that and they said they looked over and there was a blind man in the midst. And this is found, I think it's in John 9 And they looked over and they saw this blind man. And this is the question that I want to give to you today. They said to him, who sinned here? Did the parents sin or did this man sin? But who sinned that he's blind? Did you ever have a sickness or ever be accused of? I I know Phyllis has suffered this and that you've been accused of that something's wrong in your family because you must have sinned. That Come from sin. Look what the scripture says. They asked him, they said to him, who sinned? Jesus answered, John nine twenty three. This is the answer of why good things happen to bad people. This is, the disciples questioned him about the blind man. And they said, Master, who sinned, this man or his parents, that, you know, that he was born blind? Verse 3, this is the answer. Jesus answered, he said, neither hath this man sinned or his parents but that the works of God should be manifest in him. Just think about that, church. When you're sick and afflicted, they take somebody to hospice. They want to know what happened, who sinned here. There's no sin. There could be sin. But the Bible says here that that the works of Christ might be made manifest. When you get through chemo, you get through something, and you come out on the other side It's that the works of God might be manifest in you and that you will have a testimony that overcomes that the scripture talks about that by the testimony and the overcoming of the blood, you were healed by Jesus. And I think everybody here probably has some kind of a testimony that you went through something that was horrid and you thought it was the end and you thought, what what did I do? Who sinned? And it was not that a person sinned. You could have sinned, but it was not that you sinned. It was that God wanted to be manifested in your life. That you could say, I overcome chemo. I overcome the things of this world. I overcome that. That's the testimony. And church, Christians aren't sharing their testimony like they should. Because we are the manifestation of Christ. And it's in us. And if we have a testimony that we overcome something evil or we overcome something sickness, we overcome something, we need to testify that every, every chance we get because it will show the manifestation of God in our life. God is manifesting himself today. There's sicknesses that are being healed. You know, years ago I had a thing in my side and we prayed. Phyllis sent me a Word of God every day for 30 days because on the 30th day I had to go for testings and surgeries. And we we got at the last Sunday before I had to go, they they led the song, um, The Blood of Jesus. What was it? Take the Blood of the Lamb. lamb. And that got into my spirit, and I think I just kept mudging them to sing it. I think we sang it 18 to 20 times. Take the blood of the lamb. Do you, any of the saints remember that? We sang sang it and sang it and sang it and sang it and sang it. And I went to the hospital and they prepared me for surgery and they did everything and I was getting knocked out and I was thinking, I still take the blood of the lamb. And you know what? When I woke up, they said, we're sorry. It wasn't there. I said, I'm not sorry. But church, that's my testimony. And every time I get an opportunity, I share it. And I've taught it in the church a dozen times. And when there's new people, I have to tell it again. But it's a shock, you know, when you, you and you're going under and you're thinking you're still pleading the blood of Jesus and the Lamb of God. And when they and they woke me up about three hours later because somebody decided to have a baby while I was knocked out. And so they didn't do anything. But when they finally got to me, there was nothing there and that is a miracle of God and you know uh there's miracles in the house today there there there's miracles in the house and when we say you have a testimony stand up and give that miracle because we need to practice witnessing what God has done for us that when out there in the world. When they start, somebody comes and says, well, I've got this, and, I, and the doctor said that. We say, well, wait a minute. Let me pray for you. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what God did in my life. You know, as the witness goes forth, the power and the anointing of God will go forth in the earth. So I believe in this with all my heart. So it says nobody sinned. It was be so God would be manifested. That you would be able to say, the blind man would be able to say, I met Jesus and I now see. That was his testimony. How awesome is that? Well... I know that for time's sake, I'm trying to tell you what he was saying. His purpose was being revealed. He was to preach deliverance. He was to preach the sight of the blind, not just the physical sight of the blind. But our world needs a spiritual blindness, spiritual things taken off of our eyes. The church of Jesus Christ needs to be uh, debriefed of blindness, because there is blindness in Christianity today there's blindness to the truth of who Christ is and we need to have the spiritual blindness taken off everything that Jesus did was for spiritual redemption then the body can be helped but spiritual redemption the soul the spirit the body the mind the soul everything and Luke 13:11 and 13 this this is one of the things that Jesus was given to us for to set at liberty those that are bruised. Those that are bruised. Now we think, well, I have a little bruise because I knocked my arm this week and, and I had a bruise. Especially when you take aspirin all the time, you get a bruise. This is not the bruise of the Bible. The bruise of the Bible is in Luke 13, 11 through 13. There was a woman. This is not the woman with the issue of blood. There was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years. She was bowed together and could not lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself. And he said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The glory of God was given because she had suffered this bent-over condition, and now she was freed from it. Now, this was on the Sabbath. This was near the synagogue. And, of course, any time God does something great, the enemy is there to cause trouble. And so it, it says that the ruler of the synagogue saw this, and he began to complain. And this is not the first time that the, the powers that be in the church uh, blamed Jesus For doing something wrong on the Sabbath. And when he was healing on the Sabbath. And so we read this. That he loosed her. And the 16th verse says. This uh, ruler of the synagogue said. Art not this woman. uh, Well he he criticized Jesus. And Jesus answer to him was. Art not this woman a daughter of Abraham. Who Satan hath bound her. Lo these 18 years be loosed from the bond on this Sabbath day. And, you know, the Bible says, 1 John 3, 5, it says, For the purpose of the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of evil. If somebody says, Who is Jesus? What is he to you? You say, Well, he was given to destroy the works of the devil. That's what the scripture says. It says, For this purpose, the Son of God, 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, church, if we can let him be manifested in our life, we can have the power with God to destroy some of these works of evil that's going on in our world, going against the the very creative acts of God. We need to plead the blood of Jesus and pray and let God be manifested in our life, that we don't believe in that and stand for what God is doing. Ephesians 3.11 says, reminds us, that according to the eternal purpose which God purposed in Christ Jesus, it's an eternal purpose. I love this because he lives in us. That means the eternal purpose lives in us. So we have one important purpose, and it's eternal. It's not of this world. It's not the things that destroy us. It's the things that the enemy can destroy, that we can destroy of the enemy. Well, this sermon would preach another hour, but let me tell you that this is the purpose that Jesus is revealed in the earth. It's so much more than what we think. We think that he just came to save us and to keep us out of hell, but all, all of his journey was a purpose to help people, to heal people. To manifest the glory of God in, him, in himself and for us to know that we have eternal destiny in him. It was to preach the acceptable year. That whole passage of scripture would take so long. But Jesus was talking about the year of Jubilee, the, the Israel's year of Jubilee. He said, I have to preach the year of Jubilee. What was the year of Jubilee? Ju- the year of Jubilee was when everybody got to be forgiven. Yes. Everybody who owed money, they had the Day of Atonement, and everybody was free. Jesus says, this is the acceptable day of, that is going to be forgiveness forever for humanity because of the eternal purpose. Because eternity is purposed in Christ and he lives in us. Jesus' finest sta- final statement was verse 21. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. It was heard that Jesus said in that ninth chapter of John. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. This is an urgent trumpet call to find a labor for the kingdom of God and get busy and work. We have to work for our substance. We have to work uh, physically for various things. But let us not have a work of ministry in this hour. If it's passing out tracts, whatever it is, Find a definite ministry in your life and say this is what I want to work because the night is far spent and the day of, uh, our, of our salvation is at hand. And we say that because we, don't, we, we are only uh, signed up for salvation when we come to Christ. Salvation will be revealed when we stand before the judgment seat. And they say, oh, I'm a child of the king. My name is written in the book. And now I get to go into eternal life. We're on a destination to Calvary. Jesus was on a destination to set us free. And we're on a destination to Calvary to enter into eternal life through the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. So, church, onward, 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 onward. Let us think more of what can we do for God than what we can do for ourselves. Let us minister one to the other to the best of our ability. Let us seek out those that need help. Instead of saying, let me pray for you, say, I will pray for you right now. Amen. And pray for them. And get, just bear down with the anointing of God. Don't just say, oh, Lord, help right. them. I mean, before you start, build up yourself in the Holy Spirit. And when you pray, pray with anointing and power because that, that, that eternal destination is in you. And remember this, why did Jesus come? What is his purpose in the earth? He came to, to um, manifest, and 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Old Testament, they didn't understand all that. New Testament, we understand that. And let us work, for the night is coming. God is coming for his people. Uh, it is written, it is written, Second Timothy 1, nine. God hath saved us, filled us with a holy calling, not according to our works, we all work, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, there'll be in the bulletin coming up opportunities for ministry and servitude. So, I I need you to start to pray what God would have you to do. Because church, Jesus told us the night is coming. And we must work for that day. So, let us continue our journey to Calvary. That we might have the totality of our eternal life. Jesus, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you that while you are anointed and you live in us, there is an anointing in us. Father, I pray that you would awaken us to the opportunities that you give us. That you would awaken us, O God, to what we can do to to manifest you in our kingdom, in our world, in our life. We ask now, Lord Jesus, that your word would penetrate our hearts and our minds. For this we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we ask.